Hello and welcome to the Gorillas Art Book Podcast. My name's Kate Bryan and I'm here to celebrate the new Gorillas Art Book, going behind the scenes with some of the artists featured. As well as never-before-seen work by Gorillas co-founder Jamie Hewlett, the book brings together a global lineup of artists who have all created their own interpretations of the iconic Gorillas band members. I'll be talking to a few of the artists that have contributed work to this illustrious new book. I'll be asking the contributing artists how they arrived at their artwork and how on earth they tackled the challenge of rethinking something so well-known and loved. Hopefully, we'll also get to the more philosophical stuff. What does art mean beyond the printed page? How can it shape culture and thought more widely? I want to know the ways in which they think art can connect and inspire us. Well, today's the big one. I'm getting to speak to Jamie himself. Hello, Jamie. Thank you so much for being with me. It's my pleasure. (laughs) So listen, this is such a wicked book. Please tell me about the genesis of it. Did you just sort of wake up in the middle of the night and say, I'm going to ask over 40 people from around the world to make art about the gorillas? How did that come about? Well, it came about because obviously I've been doing gorillas for 20 odd years now. And although I do have the luxury of being able to do whatever I want, there is sometimes restrictions. I mean, when you're doing sort of press-related stuff, magazine covers and, and, and even album covers, it's not really possible to experiment or go too far in weird directions because, you know, a magazine cover requires four characters standing on the cover looking at you or, you know, it's, there are restrictions to what you can do. And I had a little bit of free time, like a couple of days, <laughs> and I was just drawing stuff related to the world of gorillas, but without thinking it was for an album campaign. I was just experimenting in different styles, and it was really fun. And then I thought, well, why not just do a gorillas art book where I can I can draw the stuff I want to draw from the world of gorillas without kind of fitting into a kind of a magazine structure or a, a press structure. So I started playing around. And I spoke to um, my management and said, we should do a gorilla's art book. And they were into it. So I was originally going to do it by myself. And then I thought, well, that's going to be 150 drawings plus. I don't think I can manage it. So I had the idea that I would approach the artists that I, whose work I respect and really like and see if they would like to get involved in the book drawing something from the, from the world of gorillas. I think it's, it's a really interesting point, Jamie, because I guess gorillas was born out of this sort of antidote to, you know, manufactured, really annoying music world. And it was like so experimental and was quite risky in its genesis. And then I, you kind of create these characters and then you have to do have to stay within a certain bandwidth, don't you? Like there's got to be some sense to the to the whole operation. So I, I like this concept because what it does is allow you to go almost go back to the drawing board and bring like 40 other minds with you and say, let's just totally reimagine this whole universe. But that's no mean feat, you know, like to ask people to reinterpret the gorillas. I mean, you like the art and the music is so interconnected. It's been going a couple of decades. It's like beloved all over the world. So when you're asking these artists, are you conscious of the fact that you're throwing them this enormous challenge? Like they must have been flattered. But I know a lot of them that I've spoken to were like really nervous about doing this. Oh, really? Well, you see, this is the funny thing about social media, because I spend all of my time with musicians. I don't really hang out with other artists. So up until a certain point, I wasn't really aware of 
who I was in that world, you know, what people thought of my work. Like I say, I hang out with musicians and usually in the studio and, you know, they're obviously there because they're excited to work with Damon and eventually they turn to me and say, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the other half of Gorillaz. And they go, oh, what's that? And I say, I do the, the artwork. Oh, cool, man. But, you know, they don't tend to really be aware of what it is I do. And so when I started on social media, when I started using Instagram, I started to follow artists I really liked. And then I started to get messages from them saying, oh, you follow me. I love your work. I grew up on your drawings. And so I started to get an idea of what other artists thought of my work. And it, obviously it was very flattering and it kind of makes you feel good about yourself that you're not just working in a vacuum and mm. <laughs> nobody knows what you're doing. <laughs> and um, over a period of time, I started to follow lots and lots of artists, people I know and people I've never met and started to have a kind of a, you know, a, an Instagram relationship with people where you occasionally you, you talk and you swap ideas and it gave me a clearer idea of where I fit in this mm. world of artists because I'm not really part of, uh, I'm not a street artist, I'm not a contemporary artist, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't fit into any sort of group of artists. I'm kind of just flapping in the wind by myself a little bit. So, you know, it gets a little bit lonely a bit like that and, and, and suddenly I meet all these people online and 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 start to get a better idea of who I am. People do like my work and I can share ideas. So having only ever been around musicians for the last 20 years, finally I got the opportunity to be around artists. And, you know, that's what Damon does on Gorillaz. He works with other artists and we have many collaborators going back over the years. And I've never had that experience. So this was an opportunity to have that experience. So I just asked everybody I liked and waited to hear what they said. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure everyone said yes, but then was like, Oh, shit, this is going to be tough. There was a very big list. And in fact, more people than you could ever fit in a book. So if I do a second book, I'll then contact the other people I wanted to work with. But really, we couldn't we could only have so many in this book to begin with. But yeah, exactly. And it does just feel like the beginning. It's such a good point about the fact that, you know, Damon works with other musicians. And that's been such an important part of the fabric of Gorillaz to have all of these different collaborators and different sounds and for, to go through different sort of musical incarnations by virtue of the people that you're inviting in. And absolutely, like the art is just as much of the Gorillaz as the music is. So it's a natural thing to do that. So what did it feel like to start to receive the art? To start to see like Noodle in a totally different way or 2D through someone else's eyes. Like how how was it? It must have been such a kick. It was it was exciting. Of course, yeah, it was. I, I was very impressed by a lot of the stuff that was coming in. I mean, people were sending me sketches of like, here's four different ideas. Which one do you like the best? And the sketches were so good. I, I thought they were finished artwork. No, that's my sketch phase. If you can tell me the one that's your favourite, I said, I like all of them. Oh, can I do all of them? Sure, of course you can. Well, also, the thing that's funny as well is that there's a, a sort of a thing that binds the book together, the fact that everyone's responding to the gorillas, but everybody has done it in such a different way and that some people have done one and then some people have got like nine pages and have like really gone for it. And I can see that you've just loved it. That you've just gone, yeah, just put it all in. I'm not going to like tell anyone they can't yeah. have nine pages. And it's such a great mix of artists. I've got a list here of all the different places everyone's come from. We've got people from all across the US, UK, of course, Hong Kong, Seoul, France, Canada, 
Chile, Ukraine, Cuba, Germany, Kuala Lumpur, Russia, Bulgaria. I mean, it's this really wicked global lineup. So many different styles. Like I loved all of the the, the different styles. And it was great for me to see because I work very much in the contemporary art world. And I, d I don't get to see a lot of work made in graphic design or comic or illustration. And to see all of it put together in one place was was brilliant. So you made your selection really in a kind of organic way, it sounds like then. It was just like people you admired, you reached out to. I think there was probably like 400 artists I wanted to reach out to. And there will be more in the future. But we had to we had to boil it down for the first book because it was just too many people. But yeah, they're just people who I follow. And, and, and you know, it's kind of part of my morning ritual is to have my coffee and have a little scroll through Instagram and see what everyone's up to, see what people are drawing and what mm. they're posting. And, and I often get very inspired by the stuff these artists are, are sharing. And I was a little intimidated to approach some of them because I'm a big fan. Well, I'm a fan of all of them, but some of them I was like, they're never going to reply. But everybody replied and everyone was very sweet and really into it so it was it was a very uh cathartic process well i think you've really touched on something which is really important to remember which is that like, making art is a really solitary existence you know like you're everyone thinks that all artists hang out with other artists like oh you must all know each other and you know i i can go and visit an artist in a studio and i'll know 10 other people in that studio block but that artist might not know anyone in that yeah. building like if they bump into someone for a cup of tea it's a bit of a miracle so I think that this anything like this that brings artists together is brilliant. When you commission artists, you sort of have a sense in your mind of what it might look like. Like I commission artists all the time, but I, I'm always half conscious that I could get something totally unexpected. You know, just like, what? I, that, where did that come from? Did anyone really surprise you with what they sent back? Did you go, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Everybody surprised me, actually. I mean, as you were saying earlier, it might have been a daunting task to step into the world of gorillas and and well I, I didn't ask people to draw the characters I said step into the world of gorillas and draw whatever you want maybe you want to illustrate lyrics from a song that you like or it doesn't have to be the characters it's the world of gorillas whatever you know whatever excites you about that world but it surprised me how much they all knew about the world of gorillas some of them knew more about the history of gorillas than I did. <laughs> I mean, the, especially um, the Chilean artist Curb Crawler Ghost did a comic strip based on an old story that we did. I'd forgotten about, but he remembered the exact storyline and, and he did what happened after. Yeah, everybody, everybody sent through stuff that was really surprising. And I don't think there was a single piece of work that I was not impressed by. And uh, Robert Valley did the fantastic comic strip where you feature being interviewed by Robert about the birth of gorillas and, and 2D and he kind of gives you this whole backstory about 2D's eyes mm. and you're, you're a character in it, this kind of like belching, yeah. <laughs> beer-swilling character. I mean, that must be really fun it's that you've got this like artist me. that presumably you really admire who's like, you know, put you as this this like wicked storyteller. Yeah, well, I've I've known Robert for 25 years, so, but he's a genius. He was one of the first people on my list, actually. And he came back and he said, yeah, I'd do it, but I really love this uh, storyboard you drew 20 years ago about how Murdoch and 2D met. Can I redraw it? And I said, of course. Do you mind if I change, change the story a bit? I said, do whatever you want. I also, I think what's brilliant about this is that artists like a challenge because, you know, I said that, you know, making art is a pretty solitary existence. And then to have that disrupted in a really creative way is great. So you're sort of saying, right, you know, you're, you're not doing what you're doing day to day. 
you're going to inhabit a different space altogether and like take your entire artistic vocabulary and everything you do and take it into this landscape. And so you're sort of meeting halfway and, and not in a physical way as you were talking about, you know, jamming, but like conceptually, like they're entering into the gorilla's landscape, which is something that you've created. So I think it's it must be like a breath of fresh air for them to be able to like totally think, rethink what they're doing as well. And I think there should be more projects like this, actually, because I, I bet it was a breath of fresh air. I think it's probably the closest thing we'll ever have to a jam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sharing drawings yeah. online. I mean, maybe next for the next book, we should all get together in a massive studio and spend two weeks drawing together and sharing our yeah. Karen Dash pencils. <laughs> that could be fun. Well, I mean, like the surrealists, because they all used to get into a room, you know, take a load of drugs and make like ex- make those kind of exquisite corpses, those children's games where you sort of got to do half the body yeah. fold over and let someone else do the other half. I mean, they really wanted to like tap into each other's subconscious and like make art together in real time. And you think of these like artistic giants, and they're all just basically children sat around in a hotel room doing drawing. It's fantastic. <laughs> So tell me about the work you selected for the book. Presumably, I mean, you make must must make masses for you know every album for you know every every new incarnation, and so it sounds like you came up with the idea of the book because you were sort of on a gorilla's day off and just playing. So how often do you get to do that? How often do you get to have a time to just make stuff just for you, not thinking about any kind of strategy? Is there an impulse to just draw every day? Um, I do draw every day, but I don't. I don't often get time away from gorillas because it's it's always kind of back to back. But it was an opportunity to just experiment. Really, I really like to experiment, and I've been drawing these characters so long that it can become a little bit boring after a while to do the same thing. That's why every time we do a new album, there's a new style or a, a new kind of idea behind it. Especially for me, in the way that I draw them, but. You know, we were coming up to 20 years of gorillas. I think me and Damon spoke about, you know, how much longer can we do gorillas for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, is it possible to keep going? And we decided it was because we were still really excited by it. So I needed a little sort of uh, kind of a little holiday from the norm. I needed to do my version of gorillas and, and draw things from different perspectives and, and in as many different styles as possible. I just needed to experiment a bit. That's um, Otherwise, if you're just doing the same thing all the time, I think you get tired of it and it starts to reflect in the work that you, you, you deliver. And so I just needed to have that little escape into the world of gorillas and, 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 and draw the stuff that I wanted to draw. So that was last summer. I think I, was, I worked on it for like three months. And it was very, um, very enjoyable. I still don't have an assistant or anybody who works with me. I still do it all by myself. So oh, my God. It was important. Well, I mean, apart from when we animate, obviously, I have animators who... who I, don't, I don't animate the videos by myself. <laughs> no, of course. But of course you have to use animators. And, but in terms of like a conceptual... That, I mean, that's just so much to think about, isn't it? I mean, to yeah. constantly be rethinking these characters. And of course, they're yours and you know and love them. But you've got to constantly rewrite, rewrite their future and also have one eye on what they've already done. I mean, it's a lot to keep yeah. all together. That's why, as I said, I don't really get much time away from it mm. to work on personal projects. So that's why the, the book was really um, important to me, because by the end of it, I was really in love with the characters again. 
and I'd sort of taken a trip down memory lane in all the stories that we've written over the years and sort of interpret them, interpreted those stories from a different perspective. And by the end of it, I was I was back into doing gorillas. So I was kind of, you know, I'm inspired again. So I think it's good. I think I might do it again in a couple of years, do another art book where I can just express myself. Yeah, I mean, I think you certainly should. I think there was even just that lovely example of Holly Warburton, who loved the the whole plastic beach concept. And then, you know, and she does yeah. these really painterly, beautiful works. And she, she, you know, she really looked at like representing Noodle's journey. And it was just so beautiful to see this tiny, tiny little moment in a music video that she honed in on, like one little sort of split second almost. And then it became mm. this whole starting point for her own thing. So in a way, I suppose that it's seeing all of these like 40 odd artists go back over what you've created over 20 years and find these tiny, they're often quite little things that they've picked up yeah. on and then expanded and amplified. I mean, that must be really exciting to see that there's just still so much fertile territory there. Well, yeah, Holly gave us a lot of really beautiful artwork, but that's, yeah, that's the point I was making earlier was, the first thing was to ask these people and then to find out they were really into it. And then they were sending stuff back where I realized, oh, they, they've been looking at this stuff. They know about the world of, of gorillas. So mm. picking up on a little detail from a video that came out sort of 10 years ago was, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. It was impressive. So you've talked already about the idea that, you know, the, there've been these phases for the gorillas. So every time you've revisited them, there's been a change. So that might be that, you know, they start out more bold, more colorful, quite sharp lines, more sort of traditional cartoon, then they emerge and they change. They've gone through like painterly phases. There's been a bit more disjuncture between like the offline and online presentations. So sometimes they feel like they're inhabiting like a digitized world and set against the real world. You've played around with the levels of reality that that they are they exist in sometimes it looks totally real sometimes it looks totally imagined and cartoon and it to me looking back it all looks so purposeful it looks like oh this was the master plan from the start to take them on this journey but it i was. imagine this <laughs> yeah you are and i'm not saying you're not a genius jamie but i'm just saying like is there a bit of beauty of hindsight there that you look back and it all just looks like so well conceived i mean i know you can't conceive of something like that over 20 years there must be a lot of it that is just instinctive and yeah. that you you know not to say you're making it up as you go along but you're just on this journey I think the problem for me in the beginning was to, to to get the characters accepted in the music industry because, you know, they came out at a time when everybody was about rock and roll bands and, mm. you know, Blur and Oasis and this kind of stuff. And so cartoon characters, people were like, really? We're not we're not into that. That's uh, it's stupid. And today it makes complete sense. I mean, it's like we were kind of 20 years too early. So the idea was always to try and legitimize the characters make it feel like they they do exist they are a real band it's okay to be into the characters like you know like people who love the simpsons or south park characters why not with an animated band and so i think the process every time was to to try and reintroduce that and 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 make it more convincing each time they do exist they're not just silly cartoons and today with what goes on with social media and and TikTok and the advances in animation. I mean, we're working now on real-time animation, which is insane. Wow! That you know, you can you you could talk to one a few months from now. You'll be talking to one of the characters, real time. There'll be a voice actor, obviously, but the character will be looking at you and talking to you and answering your questions as you ask them without knowing what your questions are. And we couldn't even conceive of that 20 years ago. But that was our dream. Yeah. Our original dream was they would go on stage and play a live concert. But 
we tried it a few times with holograms and stuff and it it didn't quite work. But those holograms were really ahead of their time. I mean, all of that stuff was. It's like the world's caught up with you, isn't it? It looks great on television, but we were at the um, the Grammys when that played because it's called Pepper's Ghost, the, uh, the method they use. And they stretch an invisible screen, see-through screen in front of the stage. It's like cellophane. And if you turn the music up too loud, the screen vibrates and the animations fall to pieces. So the opening of the Grammys with Madonna... He said, tonight, Gorillaz and Madonna. And it came on. It was so quiet. We could hear people talking in the audience. So in a live setting, it didn't work. But on television, it looked amazing. Mm. So now we needed to figure out how can you make it work in a live setting. And you can now. So that's something we're moving towards. And, and getting back to your question, that's always been the drive is to, is to make them real. Mm. You know, it's a real band. Well, I was really fascinated to see that they'd aged finally. You know, on when humans came out, like Noodle was like, oh, hang on a minute. Like, what is she like, 19, 20 now? Like, this, you know, she was, a, what was she like, 10, 12 year old when um, when the gorilla started? I mean, what 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 conversation had to happen yes. for you to, to agree to to let the band appear more mature? Maybe they're not acting any more mature, but they certainly they look like they've grown up a bit. Again, it was it was making it interesting for myself. I mean, mm. animated characters don't age and they don't change their clothes. They're always the same. So that for me would just be way too boring. To still be drawing them the same style I drew them 20 years ago, it would it, it's not really fun. As an artist, I need to be able to experiment. So yes, they grew up a bit and they change their clothes and they change the style <laughs> they're drawn in. And sometimes they're CG and sometimes they're 2D and sometimes they're painted and sometimes, you know, it's I've, I've not seen... I don't think I've seen that done before, except maybe in comics. No, I hadn't. And it was, it's funny, isn't it? Like you talk about how, how different that is. And it's so absurd because of course they've gotten older. We've all gotten older, you know, yeah. since they came along. I, you know, I can't wait to see them octogenarian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at Keith Richards now. I mean, what an amazing, you know, that's an incredible image to be, to think about for inspiration, right? Well, Keith Richards has proved that you can be old and still be a rock star. Exactly. A lot of this must have happened during the lockdowns. You know, there's like a in this very, very um, freakish and horrible situation that everybody was in. And I guess there must have been a really nice feeling of um, us all, the world sort of shutting down, things going a bit quiet, being a bit scary. And then having this project kind of come together through that time. For me, like, I don't want to sound like a complete art lunatic but I really do think art kept me sane during that time just looking at art reading about art seeing what people were doing on Instagram seeing just how inventive artists were seeing how resourceful they were seeing the art world come together as a community I, I, I'm not just saying this because it sort of sounds good I found it like deeply touching and it renewed my faith in the art world you know I've been working in the art world like 15-20 years Sometimes I think, oh, God, you know, I should probably be a doctor or something and do something a bit more useful. And then I think, no, art is so <laughs> useful. Like, it's so powerful. This is like the point of being alive, surely. And I don't know if you had that feeling of this book coming together at that time, giving it any particular poignancy. Yes. I mean, we're in the entertainment business, aren't we? Essentially. I think lockdown, well, lockdown was good for gorillas because we just kept putting stuff out. And of course, I you know, I worked on the book as well. There was a certain amount of satisfaction knowing that you were entertaining people who were locked in their homes, going stir crazy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had the time to do it as well. So 
I wasn't doing anything else for a year. I was just in my home, locked down like everybody else. So yeah. I actually had more time on my hands. So, But yeah, the stuff we put out during lockdown was was fun because I knew we had a lot of um, people commenting on, you know, thanks, you're helping us through this. It sounds like this has been a massively inspiring thing for you, like to almost like press the reset button and to just sort of have this huge experiment and have everybody contribute all this new work so you can see an effect can you has it like really fired you up for for next time round with all the work you're doing now well uh, at the the end of a gorilla's album campaign we're both a bit tired because you know it's usually for me it's usually a good couple of years and by the end of each album campaign you're like i need a break from that and so you need to find something to uh, excite you and and inspire you and, and and you know get the creative juices flowing and this this definitely worked in that sense for me it was um, I could see it all from a different perspective and I just I just would like to bring that idea into what we're doing next unlike other artists who make work you know maybe an artist who's a painter for example is doing shows in the gallery that's how they get their work out into the world you know they they do their painting maybe a few people do a studio visit and then they have the painting on display in an exhibition and then you know they move on there aren't exactly like online forums deconstructing every single bit of that painting and talking about their painting in phases. I mean, the the volume of people that see your artwork mean you are you have one of the largest audiences for any artist in the world. And that's a kind of peculiar position to be in because then you get all this feedback, you know, because I've actually had a real good time these last few weeks going online. There's some like real like rabbit holes online listening to people's different interpretations yeah. of different music videos and looking at what you've done to to the eyes or or if you look really carefully this is different and this means this and it's like wow it's like kind of like forensic looking at your work which other artists oh are not God, necessarily yeah, going to yeah. get and i'm curious like I'm, i know you're not sat there reading it that's not what i'm going to ask you because you're not mad but knowing that there is that kind of feedback out there and seeing the kind of comments you get on Instagram and seeing the sort of general tidal wave of this or that, does that help or hinder your creative process? Do do you sort of hear what the fans are saying and think, well, is that in your mind or do you have to just switch it all off or do you sometimes lean into it? Well, I'm I'm not the sort of artist who would paint something and and put it on display and, and stand around with an audience discussing it. That's something I really couldn't do. So in a way, social media is, is kind of, it's something I can do secretly without anybody knowing. And I do read some stuff. And sometimes it's like a really fantastic critique because you get a sense of what people are into and what people aren't into. And you, you tend to read it for a bit and there's lots of nice comments and people say stuff and you think, ah, oh, I didn't think about that. That person's right. Ah, oh, they prefer it when I do that. They're into this character, blah, blah, blah. And then you get the comment that says, I wish you die. And then you stop <laughs> reading. I tend, not, I, tend, I tend not to read too far because, you know, there's always a few trolls around who've got something unpleasant to say. But no, it's, I do read some stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually really useful. Mm. And uh, I, I, I feel the urge to reply to that particular person and say, thank you so much for your critique. I'll think about that. But of course, once you start doing that, you spend your whole day on the phone answering to people. So I tend not to do that, but I do appreciate the I do appreciate the feedback. And it's nice I can do it in secret. Yeah. You know, the idea of standing in front of a group of people being asked questions about your work is, uh, is something I can't I can't bear the thought of that because... 
it's done. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it must be really rewarding to know that you put so much detail into your work and to know that every single little detail is being consumed by somebody. Yeah. I mean, that, that must feel good. The, the real Gorillaz fans, they know everything. You know, they'll correct me when I get things wrong. No. It's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they know every single detail and they remember everything. And it's quite incredible, really. And they, sometimes they help me to remember what I'm doing. <laughs> As you say, there's, it's so dense. There's so much work now that it's very hard for me to have a clear memory of everything that's been done. But sometimes I go on social media just to, re to be reminded of something because someone's going to know the answer. So, um, yeah, it's... It's this, like, it's, great unofficial archive. Yeah. It took me a while to get my head around posting stuff on social media. It didn't make sense to me at first, but... Now I start to realise that you can use it. You, you, can, you can do some fun stuff with it. Mm. You know, you can enjoy yourself. You can experiment. You can experiment. You can post stuff that's just a, an idea and you get feedback from people for free. <laughs> and you can figure out whether that idea is a good idea or not. So uh, I prefer it that way, I think. Imagine you're a budding young artist receiving this book, as it would be a brilliant thing to give a young artist. What advice would you give them? They'll, they'll be listening. You know, what advice would you give them? How can they go about having a life or career that's full of art? Why should they have a life or career that's full of art? Well, they're going to, only going to have a life and a career full of art if they want to. And they have ideas. I mean, when I started drawing comics years ago, I used to copy artists that inspired me. I hadn't really found my style. And I was so uh, impressed by other artists work I would just draw like them and then eventually I figured out how to do my own stuff and go with my own ideas all the things that I take inspiration from from cinema to art to books to music I just crammed all of that into what I was doing so I guess my advice would be be yourself I watch a lot of cinema so my my whole world is very visual, so I'm always watching movies and stuff. Can you draw while you're watching movies? Can you do both at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to pay that much attention to the movie, <laughs> but it's on in the background. But no, it's just it's just visual ideas. I mean, I'm I, I go in the garden and I look at a tree, and if the bark is nice, I'll stare at it for ages, thinking nice bark. Or if I walk down the street and see somebody dressed in some cool clothes kind of looking cool I think hmm nice style I don't know I'm just I'm always looking at stuff I just everything is uh, inspiring to me so I just my head's just well I'm, I'm getting old now so my head's just filled with images and then it just spills out onto my page but um, yeah my advice would be find your style find you and go with what you what you think is cool what are you about well you've certainly done that Jamie Congratulations on this book. I love it. I really, I really love it. And I think it's, um, it's such an interesting experiment and it's really paid off. So well done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.